All right, guys, 10 steps on how to become a successful freelance web developer. This is where it's at, folks. This is purely for the guys that want to get started and for the guys that are busy doing it as well, because it's always good to be reminded as to where you are on this journey. Um, and for those who like direction as to where to start, what to do, where do you, where, where do you collect your money? You know, don't pass, like pass, go and collect 200 bucks. You know, where do you start? How do you go about this? So this is, this podcast is a very actionable, quick running down the steps so that you guys can see if you're still on track and those you'd want to go for it. So what we're going to be discussing first, Carl, just tell us what is the skills that you need as a freelance web developer before we go into the steps, just, just briefly. So in short, obviously there's a lot of uh, variables to consider, right? But um, we've got 10 points here. Obviously you need the knowledge. That's number one. And you need the business uh, understanding and the acumen to do freelancing. And right now, we are just going to run through 10 points, starting with your passion. Yes. So ask yourself, is web development a passion of yours? Why do you have to ask this to yourself? Because you're going to be spending a lot of time on this, day in, day out. You're going to be working late nights. If, if you don't like web development, if you don't like to create things or solve problems in the back end um, and stuff like that, then you might have to look for something else. Um, but it is so rewarding. When you create a website and it just flows and the visuals and, oh, it is so rewarding. But yeah, you, so you have to ask yourself, is this a passion of mine? If it's not, then don't even start because halfway through you're going to give up. That's just how it is. But those guys that enjoy it, those guys that want to make a success out of this, this, they, those are the guys that, that are going to push through and, it, and have huge projects and enjoy it thoroughly. Then the second question, ask yourself, what is your why? So Carl, elaborate on that. Why do they need to ask mm. that to themselves? So ask, knowing what your why is actually ties in very nicely to your passion. Because I remember when I started freelancing, it was challenging. I mean, let's face it. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you inspired, you motivated, you want to do something different. But I mean, let's face it. Motivation is an emotion. It goes up and down, up and down, up and down. What you need is discipline. Mm. And the discipline side will bring you closer to your why ultimately. Because now you have to decide, why am I doing what I'm, what I'm doing? Why am I sacrificing you know, let's say, uh, or making certain compromises with my finances? Why am I sacrificing or compromising on my sleep to study late at night and to grow my, uh, you know, work on my uh, freelancing business? Do you want financial freedom? Do you want time freedom? Maybe time with your family or time with your friends, or maybe you want to focus on your hobbies. What is it? Now, it's important. A lot of people don't really know their why at the beginning, um, so it's a bit of a gray one, but personally, I would really encourage you to think this one through a bit. What has helped me in sort of understanding my why is I work out, instead of trying to work out what you want and why you want it, work on what you don't want and what you can do to stay away from it. So if you're sick of the nine to five, you, uh, you, know, you hate your lack of freedom, you have to ask permission to go on vacation, whatever, that's a good justification to actually try and get a clearer why. So what do you want to add mm. to that, Johannes? No, well said. Uh, that's exactly what one needs to look at. 
um, and ask those hard questions uh, and get to the bottom of it. So well, well done, nice one. Mm. So this brings us to the third point. So there's back end, front end, or full stack development. You got to know which one would I would which one would I like to do. So just roughly, back end is the more logical thinking, problem solving, tables, drawing it in, pulling it out, what what. Front end is the more design, the creative, the the flow, the um, click through rates, the, the the that whole conversion, getting the guy coming into the mind of the client so that they can actually um, eventually push the button to buy or to to email for the service. Um, and then full stack development is both. If you want to do both, you can do both. Um, so it's all up to you what you like, um, what you'd like to do. But then you must focus on it. If you decide front end, then put all your energy and effort into that uh, because you can run a very successful freelancing business doing just that. You can also do a very successful mm. freelancing business doing just back end and also full stack. So you need to decide what is it that I enjoy most. Um, and then obviously then that passion and that drive and that enjoyment will push you to learn more about that specific um, part of web development. Okay, so mm. the fourth point. And it, oh, yes. And, and if, if I can just quickly add on to that, um, I do want to add the, uh, a quick takeaway. Johanna simplified it 100%, but you don't always necessarily need to know how to code. There are very popular no-code platforms coming out now that are, I mean, it's, it's just getting crazy at the moment, mm. such as Webflow and Oxygen and Divi and all that, uh, Shopify and whatever. I mean, there's so many platforms out there. So don't get, um, how can I say, overwhelmed with, you know, learning how to code and so on. I mean, you all, if you know how to create a website, you are good enough to start freelancing. Mm, very true. Very true. Golden nuggets there from old Carl. Thank you, Carl. Um, okay, that brings us to the fourth point. Define what is success for you. So this is quite a big one. Uh, yeah, we've... You can ask a hundred people in a room, what does success mean? And each person might have a different answer because mm. it is in the perspective of that person. For one guy, success might mean more time with my family, uh, working one hour a month. <laughs> you know, that for him is success. For other guy, it would be um, <laughs> so that I can provide for my family and have four meals or three meals on the table every day. Um, and that for him is success. For other guys, it'll be, I want to own my own island, you know, like Richard Branson. Um, that for him could be success. <laughs> so what is success mm -hmm. for you? And you might think, okay, what does this have to do with becoming a successful freelance web developer? Well, exactly that, a successful freelance web developer. What is your success? What is that level um, that, that you want to reach? Because one could work endlessly and not find or not not get to the end of your goal, um, or you could have goals that you want to reach that is your success, that you feel realistically, this is what I want to attain. And then that could drive you again with with so much energy to reach the next goal, the next success. So so I think it's quite important. It's a, it's a bit of a deeper question, uh, one that, mm. you, that you could just sit back and just sort of ponder on, you know, take the time to ponder mm. on it and think about it. Um, yeah, that's that's my take. Carl, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I, I mean, that's a great, great overview of it. I think I would just boil it down to say, what are you working towards and why are you working towards it? You know, I think I think for me, in my mind, that sort of simplifies it because ultimately, you know, if you're just pursuing and you're in the pursuit of success and, and it's this sort of vague concept, 
eventually you'll reach the age of 50, 60. And, you know, and let's say your definition of success is multiple houses, a yacht, a cars, and whatever. How many houses are actually going to make, make you happy? <laughs> uh, how many houses and cars are going to mean that you're successful, you know? So it's an endless pursuit. So I, I, I think I would, I would want to highlight the point that you made, you know, just sort of figure, figure it out. What is it? Because you don't want to be in this constant pursuit. You want to be content and happy at that point and then keep that momentum going, you know, not just being like this endless downward spiral of still trying to figure out what success means to you. Mm, that's very true. All right, and that brings us to creating an action plan. Step number five, create an action plan. Those who fail to plan is planning to fail. And I think that's something that we really have to, to come to realization. So, Carl, in, 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 the, in the perfect world of a freelance web developer, what action plan would you say would be best for them to start at? Okay, so uh, when it comes to an action plan, obviously there's no one-size-fits-all approach, right? I mean, we all come from different backgrounds. We've all got different resources. We've maybe got family, uh, you know, expectations or demands, uh, responsibilities, let's say. We've got jobs, whatever. So we've got different time availabilities finances, whatever, whatever. But in short, I'll just speak from my personal experience. So so what I wanted to do was um, I was working a full-time job and I wanted to match my salary within a year. So, so that was my goal. That was what I was working towards. So now I've got this goal and this bigger picture in mind. Okay, how can we make this bigger picture and this goal a reality? We need an action plan. So I had no knowledge of, you know, web development or whatever. I had to learn it. So let's say, for example, the first month, I would break it down by month. And I would say, okay, month one, I want to learn HTML and CSS. Month two, I want to learn Bootstrap or something. Month three, I want to create my website, you know. And, and you just keep breaking it up, by, you know, into different sections. And what the section should be is learning, creating a portfolio website, trying to get clients, pricing your services, adapting, you know. So you're breaking up all of these different concepts into monthly uh, attainable and realistic goals. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. What do you want to add to that, Jonas? No, I just want to stress the fact that it needs to be attainable. I mean, we can say, mm. oh, I want to learn, I want to create a website and sell it to a client within month one. I mean, that's that's unrealistic. So we need you need to be realistic mm -hmm. when you look at this action plan. And you might even have to ask somebody else to review your action plan and your timelines and just look at it mm. from an outside-the-box point of view and ask some questions as to really would you be able to spend 20 hours on this part-time, I mean, realistically, so that you don't you don't fall into the trap of setting too high expectations and then you're always behind of reaching those expectations and then you've got no drive, no momentum, you become negative because you can't reach it and then it doesn't become fun and then you give up. And and we've mm. seen it with a lot of people. That's what Good happens. Point. So you'd rather you'd rather work on like a, a I'm reaching this this goal, this action plan, 
this task that I want to for this month. I've reached it. Yes, celebrate. And then now what's the next thing? Because I've got it written down. The next thing I want to do this. And it's all attainable. And then you start building up this momentum. Mm. And before you know it, you're matching your salary or even higher. Before you know it, you're you're working from home. So yeah, just mm. make sure Great point. it is it is um realistic. Okay. Yes. Great point. I, I just want to add on to that just uh, just quickly. So, you know, the, uh, this this reminds me of the time when um, when Johannes and I were in Cambodia and we were crossing this this river on this like <laughs> uh, you know, on, on this bridge, right? And I actually fell in this river and the crocodiles were on the shore and Johannes actually jumped in to save me. So I just wanted to mention that it, 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 it reminds me of those times. But the other thing I wanted to remind you of as a fun fact, um, Johannes is essentially talking about accountability. And, and that's exactly what, what I did with my action plan as well. You know, my goal and my action plan, I actually submitted it to him and I'm like, hey, um, you know, uh, this is my plan. I want you to hold me accountable to it. And I think that is highly underrated because uh, that's a great point to, uh, to mention that you did that. You know, accountability is very good because sometimes they'll tell you straight, listen, your goal is unrealistic or listen, your goal is a bit of a stretch, but you know what? I'm going to hold you to it and I'm going to make sure that each month you're ticking off what you need to do. Mm. Mm, no very well said and that's that's true and the whole cambodia thing that must have been in your dreams because i don't think i've ever even put foot in cambodia <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> but i like the fact I, I like the fact that i was i was the hero of the day saving you from the old crocodiles or the alligator <laughs> yeah. you, you, you must show them where the crocodile bit you on your arm <laughs> yes, bro. <laughs> Luckily, it grew back to looking exactly the same as it did when I was born. <laughs> oh, classic. All right. So that brings us to point six. Find the best way to learn coding skills. So, Carl, out of your experience, um, you did mention mm. few now Divi and all of that. What would you say is the best way to learn coding skills? So in short, let's not oversimplicate. I mean, let let's not over uh, overcomplicate it. You know, not oversimplify. Hmm. Okay, <laughs> let's not uh, let's not overcomplicate it. It's very simple. If you've got access to internet, you can learn. It's as simple as that. You've got YouTube and you've got Google. That is literally all you need if you want to simplify the process and you know learn something a bit more in depth and a course and so on. Um, I would recommend Udemy. Uh, Udemy is a great platform. I do like it. Or you can learn on Skillshare. Um, but I mean, everyone knows. I mean, there's plenty of ways and platforms to learn web development. You can go the Udemy route. You can go the Google, the YouTube route. You can go the boot camps. It all depends on your finances at your at your resource. Uh, I mean, at your availability at the time. And then also the time and, and the urgency that you need to, um, you know, move on to a new job. So if you can afford it, put it this way, if you can afford a boot camp, I would recommend uh, Thinkful. Uh, they are very good if you're in the US. They guarantee you a job or your money back. Uh, so it's a great boot camp. Uh, you can go that route. Um, or if you just don't have the finances and the time and the resources, just go Udemy or Google or YouTube. It's that simple. Mm. Mm. Boom. Done. And then obviously now that you have your coding skills and you've worked everything out and you know what success is and you have your action plan and you, you're busy ticking it off and you're on a momentum, it brings us to the next point, point number seven, which is now you have to focus on a niche. 
Uh, we've mentioned many things about niches uh, or niche, as they also pronounce it. But I would just say uh, in this podcast, we're not going to go into too much depth. Just focus on a niche. Um, that will help you mm. to be more targeted. It will help you to look more professional because people will come to you for a specific service. Let's say a law firm website would now come to you because you specialize in that. Okay. I don't think we have to mm. mention anything more on that. There's a lot um, of material out on perfect. niches. So go look at our, our other and, things as well. Uh, uh, Sorry, and also debating. I mean, we've also got an episode on that, podcast episode. We've also got blog, yeah. blog articles on that. So, I mean, uh, we've got a lot of content on this. So, definitely yeah. we can move on. Yeah. So, if you, have, yeah, if you have any questions on that, go have a look at that. And that should answer most of your questions. And then point number eight, or rather step number eight, create a stunning portfolio website. Um, yeah. So, you've focused, you've, you've got your niche, now you create a website. Some people say, oh, but where do I start? Get a website out there. Um do free work for people, create at least two websites, get some testimonials from them. Uh, that helps a lot. Um, yeah, Carl, anything else from your side on that step? Yeah, um, uh, I, I mean, I mean, exactly what you're saying is 100%. Uh, I, th I think in short, it boils down to um, you need to create a website that is uh, convincing to a prospective client, right? Think of you as being the client. Now, you've got 10 other different people you're competing with including your 10-year-old niece and whatever, she says, oh, I can make websites. And what's, what's differentiating, you know, uh, between the two of you? Is it your experience? Is it your age? What is it? I mean, I mean, just think it through. At the end of the day, if you are a business owner, you want to see what the people have done for a business, mm. not talking about what they can do. And, and that's essentially the core of a proposal website, or I mean, uh, sorry, a portfolio website. You are essentially mm. saying, this is what I've done. This is how I can help you. Boom, let's talk about it. Mm. And then you appeal to them and they like what you've done. They like your look and feel and vibe. And then, they, then they'll obviously go with you. Um, so that's, that's great. And then on step number nine, decide on your pricing. Carl, can you elaborate a bit on this one? I know that we've also got podcasts mm. on this. But can you, yeah, can you take us away on yeah, this one? Sure. So, so a quick overview. Pricing is actually a big topic to consider. So um, we've got a, an in-depth article. If you just had to type in on Google something like how to charge for a website, you can read it. It's really an in-depth article on it. We go into the psychology of it and the breakdown and all of that. But in short, to simplify it, you've got various different ways that you can price your services. Uh, you've got hourly pricing, which we do not recommend. Uh, you've got fixed pricing, which is where you charge a fixed price for the, for the website to make it. Or the third one and the final one, which we recommend, is value-based pricing. And in essence, to simplify value-based pricing, is you're essentially charging a price based on the potential return the business could make with your changes. So uh, you're basing it off of value. So um, again, it's an in-depth it's an in one. Um, and we're not going to touch on it here. We've got podcast episodes on it. We've got even a, a YouTube video on it. We've got an article on it. So just a simplified version. You need to decide on your pricing and you need to make it very well and strategic. Otherwise, if you charge too low, you're going to get screwed. If you charge too high, you're not, you're not going to get clients. So you need to also know how to sell the value because essentially if you're charging $1,000 for a website and you're not confident to sell it, you know, um, I mean, I mean, how do you increase your price? How do you grow as a freelancer? In, I just want to also maybe also tie in. 
I find very much uh, in speaking with other freelancers that when it comes to pricing, it's a very sensitive topic um, because it actually boils down to how you view what you are selling. If you just view a website as a commodity and off-the-shelf product, you will never in your mind even convince yourself that it's actually worth thousands of dollars, that it can actually help a business get more sales. But if you start out right from the start, whoa, this website could potentially help a business get more sales, grow their business, improve their brand, and so on and so on. This is a vital asset. This is an investment, not an expense. That will that mind shift change will help you justify you know, what also you sell uh, your services for. Mm, very true, very true. And that mind shift has to come. Otherwise, you're always going to be underpricing your services and you're not going to get out, uh, out ahead of the curve because you're always going to be short or working extremely hard, just pumping out another website and pumping out another thing and you're not getting by because you, you're underpricing. Um, it's, mm. it's not a bad thing if you want to get your foot in the door. I mean, we even suggest doing it for free too so that you can mm. get uh, reviews and stuff like that but then th then there comes a time when uh, you're at such a level and you're comfortable and you're professional enough to say okay now you must start paying <clears throat> excuse me and now you must start uh, yeah now you guys must start paying for this because i'm i'm going to be creating so much more value for your company then mm. on the last step the last step is create a short-term and long-term marketing strategy and I think this ties everything in because now you've got all the skills, you have the why, you've got the niche, you've got your portfolio, you've got your pricing. Now you're promoting your services to run effectively a business here. You need to get income, you've got overheads, you want to pay monthly expenses to, to run this freelancing business. So short term, how do you get more clients? You've got to focus on getting more people in. Carl, give us the, 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 the nuggets here on short-term and long-term marketing strategy to do just that, to start making money mm. from the skill and everything that you have attained. Sure. So uh, if, if I can start off with a long-term strategy, uh, what we found work for us, it works for us is the SEO approach. So, so mm. for example, once you've narrowed down in your niche, try rank your website on Google. For example, if someone has to type in... Um, dentist websites or dentist marketing agency or dentist web design agency or whatever, something along those lines, you want to show up for that uh, search term because those are hot, interested leads. I mean, who's going to type in uh, um, dentist web design if it's mostly not, <laughs> well, it could be a competitor or, or it could be actually, actually a dentist. You know, I mean, you wouldn't find like a, you know, like a random doctor or like a a plumber searching that, you know, so it's interested leads. Make sure you rank your website for long-term SEO. I would say that's a big one. And then obviously just work on your branding approach. Such as maybe you need to go on podcasts. Maybe you need to do YouTube ads to build awareness, whatever. But in short, the 80-20 approach is SEO for long-term. If we talk about short-term, now short-term is quite relative. Um, it could be within one month, it could be within six months, you know. So um, uh, in this approach, what you need to do is, it's essentially advertising. You need to get clients, you know. How are you going to get those clients? And it, this topic alone we discuss in a lot of detail in articles and videos and episodes and all that. But in short, the 80-20 approach is advertising. So if you've got money, advertise your services on Facebook ads, on Google ads, 
on any other online means that you can use to reach your ideal niche. This is why it's important, as Johannes mentioned, on the niche, because if you go the generalist approach, they all used to seeing those ads. If you go on the niche approach, um, you can stand out a little bit more and, it, and your ROI would be a lot better in terms of your ad spend. Um, the other thing I want to mention is you've got the, the advertising approach, which costs money. If you've got time on your hands, and ideally you should actually do this either way if you have money, you should do the manual outreach approach. That is the email, uh, cold emails, you know, that's where you would set up um, an automated sequence or maybe you just go the, you know, the hardcore manual route is just emailing people saying, uh, I can do um, a website analysis report for you. I went through your website and it pretty much, uh, you know, you're losing out on money. Can we set up a free call? So, I mean, there's outreach on Instagram, there's outreach on Facebook. So it's, it's quite a broad topic. I don't want to go into too much detail, but that, I hope that sort of gives a, a sort of overview 80-20 approach. Uh, I don't know if you want to add to that. No, that is perfect. That's exactly what, 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 what they need to do to be able to continue and grow their freelancing business because you can have the best skills, the best developer coding ways of, of making things happen, the best conversion websites, but if nobody knows about you, if nobody knows about your services, you're not going to get any clients and you need to reach mm -hmm. out. You need to have a strategy, a marketing strategy is extremely important. And with the, with the experience that you um, gain in marketing your own business, you can then also use that on your clients' businesses because effectively mm. when you build them a website and you offer them monthly marketing services, you apply all of those things you've learned to market your own business in their business. Um, obviously, depending on if it's a service or a product, you will adjust it and change it. But that's essentially what you, you have to do to do the online marketing as well. So yeah, mm. that, uh, that brings us to the conclusion that... Uh, Becoming a successful freelance web developer is attainable in 10 steps, but it's going to take hard work. It's going to take desire to want to do that, uh, and it's going to take an action plan to get there. So we really want to encourage you guys, go for it. Go for it, guys. Do these steps, set it up, run with it, and before you know it, you guys will be cruising along. Thanks for joining us in this episode. Be sure to like and share. And we look forward to you tuning in next time for some great nuggets without the fluff.